Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me in the Betters Box. It's bangthebook.com's MLB betting podcast for Thursday, September 3rd. I'm your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the Betters Box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB, the number 200, is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the Sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. Daily picks and tips piece every day over at bangthebook.com for you to check out. Uh, Also, a lot of other content going up over there as well. We'll have a Kentucky Derby preview for you. We've got a golf preview for the Tour Championship, which has already started. But you can get some good in-tournament angles coming up out of that. We'll also be taking a look at this weekend's UFC card. And we got some stuff for the college football opening weekend. Got a preview of Navy and BYU, also Southern Miss and South Alabama from our good friend Charles J. And I'll be working on some more college football stuff here. Uh, as we get closer to Saturday, I know it's only a couple of days away, but I've had some travel come up here this week. And in fact, speaking of travel, out in Las Vegas right now, coming to you live from the Harrah's Hotel and Casino. And you know, look, if you're looking to sign up for the contests out here in Las Vegas, Maddie and Tony are proxies over at footballcontest.com. They've been great for us. They'll be great for you as well. Had a chance to see Maddie sign up for the Circa Million. We got a couple of entries in that. We're not doing the Super Contest this year. Big overlay in the Circa, no rake. So we decided we would just take our chances with the Circa. Also have an entry in the Circa Survivor. But with that being said, you know, having been out here, having taken a look uh, at what's happening here in town, yes, there is that heightened risk because this has kind of been one of those COVID hotspots throughout. But look, quite frankly, I mean, I've seen a lot of people following the mask guidelines. There are hand sanitizer stations everywhere. Uh, The MGM properties even have some hand washing stations out on the casino floor. Uh, Temperature scans down on Fremont Street at both Golden Gate and the D where you'll have to sign up uh, for the Circa Million if you choose to do that. But, you know, I haven't felt unsafe out here. I will say that there's a different kind of vibe right now, especially on the Strip. Uh, it's just, you know, not not the Vegas that I'm accustomed to by any means. But with that being said, I've had a chance to catch up with some of our podcast guests and, you know, also get signed up here for the Circa Million. So you're running out of time to do that. NFL season starting September 10th, the first Sunday of the NFL season, September 13th. So if you want to sign up for those contests, you're going to have to do it here in short order. But like I said, you know, it's not all that bad out here. Uh, you know, table minimums a little bit higher in certain places. Uh, but you know what? If you want to eat it, if you want to eat at that restaurant you've never been able to eat at, probably pretty easy to do that. Travel pretty reasonable here at this point in time as well. So, you know, uh, I've been very busy. I was in Traverse City last weekend, Vegas here for a couple days this week. A lot of stuff going on, kind of falling behind with being ready for the college football season. But we had to take care of the contest entries, so we've done that here. And something you will notice about the contest entries for this year is that we're going under the name ATS.io. And I mentioned this in the article, and unfortunately only doing the one podcast here for this week with uh, the drive back on Monday and the flight out to Vegas on Tuesday. But we are moving the podcast to ATS.io. Now, nothing will change if you are a subscriber for the show because we're keeping the links, we're keeping the RSS feeds and all of that together, but we are changing the name. So you will see a different display name on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, 
all those different platforms. We are changing the name of the show. It will be under the ATS.io header, but you know, for the most part here, not a whole lot of things will change. I will say that, you know, uh, like I said, you will still be subscribed, so you will be getting it. We're not doing the daily show format that we have been doing in the past here. Uh, you know, we're really trying to build out this U.S.-facing site, this ATS.io website. So we are focused in on a lot of content that's going to be going up over there. And also, we're going to be adding a video component, uh, either with highlights, you know, kind of capturing some video from the podcast or just simply doing something different with video, doing a video component in in concert with sort of as a uh, supplement to the podcast. So what the plan is for right now is that I'm still going to do the betters box twice a week. We're going to do one more central NFL show, one more central college football show. Still getting together with the guests I'm going to have on those, but you know, we were talking about it and you know, uh, the owner of the site really wants to do, you know, a video component, and I wanted to keep the podcast as you know, close to the format that we have as I possibly can. I think the longer form, you know, is a little bit better, so we're going to do the shorter form video, the longer form, the regular format for the podcast, just not going to do it five days a week. There's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of oversaturation in the market right now, so we decided that this would probably be a pretty good time, uh, you know, to kind of change up the format a little bit here of the show. So we're going to do the betters box twice a week while the baseball season keeps going, an NFL and a college football show. Uh, Brad Powers will be on one of those two shows. I know that for sure. Uh, so we'll be able to get back together with him. But, you know, again, this will be a bit of a transitional phase. And, you know, certainly we were hoping to kind of do this a little bit earlier in the process. But, you know, we didn't know if college football was going to be played. And in fact, I've been pretty pessimistic, quite frankly, on the outlook for college football. So haven't been able to get as prepared as I usually am in terms of having everything together with the scheduling for the podcast and all that type of thing. So uh, again, I, I know it's very difficult to make this change right before the start of the season, but it is easier than doing it during the season, which, you know, if we kind of took our time to get into midseason form, all of that, that's what we would have wound up doing. That would have thrown a lot of people off. So wanted to make that announcement here on today's show that the podcast will still be with me. We'll still have a lot of the same voices and a lot of the same formatting that you're used to. It's just going to be at ATS.io instead of bangthebook.com. And along with that, most of my weekly feature content and daily feature content moving over to ATS.io as well. And I certainly encourage you to download the ATS app not only have I used it to be tracking picks uh, from you know the daily MLB picks and tips piece, but also we've added article integration into the app now. So the content posted at ATS.io is also available in the app. So it's basically a one-stop shop for you. And starting next week, that will include my MLB picks and tips piece, uh, market watch pieces for college football and the NFL, opening line reports as well. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the other feature content, situational betting articles, stuff like that, the things that I do uh, primarily for bangthebook.com. Now, bangthebook.com is not going away. Uh, this is just a U.S.-facing site with ATS.io. Bangthebook is still the offshore-facing site. Uh, we will still have content over there. We'll still have free picks and previews and, and stuff like that, uh, some sportsbook promotion articles for the offshore market, things of that sort. 
But like I said, a lot of the feature content moving over to ATS.io. And again, if you download the ATS app, uh, both for Apple and also Android, that's going to be the easiest way for you to not only consume all of the content, but also use all the great features and all the other different things that are going on with that app. So again, Highly encourage you to check that out here over the next few days because there will be that transition starting next week. Uh, you know, like I said, I've basically been out of town for a week or so. Uh, so, you know, things may be moving a little bit slower than we had liked, but that w- there will be that big transition going into next week for the start of the NFL season. So ATS.io is the website, ATS app uh, in the Google Play Store and also in the Apple Store there. And there's already a lot of good content over there. We've got some new writers uh, going on over at ATS.io. So check that stuff out here over the weekend and then be ready for uh, a lot of the bang the book content to move over there. And like I said, we'll be doing this new video uh, component as well. So you get to see my ugly mug uh, a little bit more often here over at ATS. But that is something that we wanted to integrate. And like I said, that's going to be a lot shorter uh, than the traditional podcast format that we've typically had here on the program. All right, so with that, I know I spent a lot of time talking about that, a couple of big announcements there, uh, to say the least. But, you know, Monday was the trade deadline, and, and on Monday didn't do an edition of the Betters Box, wound up uh, being you know in the car most of the day coming back from, from Michigan. But, you know, I've talked about this a lot in the past, and, and I truly believe that the trade deadline in all sports should be a league-wide day off. I mean, it's just a very challenging day for the players, the fans, the executives, everybody who's involved in the process. So, you know, to me, maybe it was kind of fitting, maybe it's sort of my uh, silent protest, so to speak, uh, about, you know, not doing the podcast on trade deadline day. But there were a lot of transactions, and and we were sort of wondering, you know, how things would shake out here in this 60-game season, wondering how teams would handle the expanded playoffs, stuff like that. I think there wound up being a lot more sellers than anticipated. I think there wound up being a lot more moves than anticipated. But in terms of getting some of my thoughts on some of the moves that took place here, you know, the, the consensus is that the Padres were a big winner here uh, at the trade deadline, and it's hard to argue with that. I mean, they got an offensive upgrade at catcher, getting rid of Austin Hedges, Jason Castro not having a great season. However, he's a guy that's also pretty good in the pitch framing department, but excuse me, has a higher offensive ceiling than Austin Hedges. So I think that's something that should play really well here uh, for the Padres. Of course, they get Mike Clevenger, as everybody knows. Clevenger, frontline starter potential, number one, number maybe a lower end number one, a good number two starter for a rotation that you know kind of needs that level of stability. Chris Paddock has not pitched very well. Zach Davies has been a big surprise, but you kind of you don't want to buy on a profile like that uh, too much, especially when you talk about getting to the postseason. They pick up Trevor Rosenthal. They made some moves to bolster the back end of the bullpen with some of the injuries that they've had to deal with. So, you know, I think really when you look at what the Padres did here, they got better in a lot of different facets and also kept all of their top prospects. They didn't lose Adrian Morjon. They didn't lose Luis Patino. They didn't lose Mackenzie Gore. They wound up keeping a lot of those top guys in their system. So a great trade deadline for them. And certainly a team that you know has picked up a lot of steam here. I saw some odds boosters in the U.S. market for them to win the World Series. Stuff like that. A lot of people taking notice with what the Padres have done here so far. The Philadelphia Phillies. You know, they're a team that... 
didn't get a lot of fanfare at the trade deadline, but their starting rotation's been great. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler have both pitched really, really well. Zach Eflin has been good. Uh, Spencer Howard has kind of had flashes here and there. But as we know, the biggest issue for the Phillies is that bullpen. Well, they added a lot of pieces here for that bullpen. They add Brandon Workman, Heath Hembry, David Phelps. They add some guys to give them some options. And you know that's a, a big part of the equation here for Joe Girardi is that he didn't have a lot of options. You know, they wound up getting some injury concerns. Uh, and they just haven't had a whole lot of effective relievers here. So you can kind of ride the hot hand theory a little bit now with some of these guys like Workman, like Phelps. Uh, good acquisitions for a Phillies team that it was in a very wide open playoff race in the National League. The offense has been very good. As I mentioned, the starting pitching has been solid. The bullpen has held them back. And they made some upgrades there with the relief corp. And, and you sort of wonder, you know, if maybe that's the springboard for them to kind of make a little bit of a push here uh, in the National League East and also solidify their position as one of the wild card teams. And subsequently here, you know, the Phillies picking up Workman uh, and Embry from the Red Sox. The Red Sox were a seller at the trade deadline. We certainly expected that to be the case. But this is a team now that, you know, has very few useful pitchers. And they trade away one of their top relievers in Workman. And, you know, again, just... Not a whole lot to like about this team as we go forward. And, you know, it's always interesting when you take a look at these teams that wind up being sellers. You know, how do they respond to it? What is that mentality? What is that mindset the rest of the way? Especially here when you're in this highly restricted, uh, you know, type of environment where maybe these players are just kind of tired of it. Uh, you know, especially if you're on a bad team, not really going anywhere. So it's already been a cash cow, you know, fading the Red Sox here so far this season. But I think with losing Workman uh, and Hembry, another guy who's a pretty capable arm in the bullpen, you know, obviously things are, are going in the wrong direction here uh, for the Red Sox. And they are not a team that I'd want to look to bet on all that often. And in fact, I am fading them here today uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Speaking of the Blue Jays, look, many people will tell you that the Padres won the trade deadline. And, and I think it's a fair you know, argument to make. It's not all that difficult to back up. Man, I like what the Blue Jays did at the trade deadline. They get Ross Stripling, a guy that I absolutely love. I think he's a fantastic addition. Uh, very, very good. Very underrated pitcher. I think there's some Kenta Maeda sentiment to him in that the Dodgers have kind of dicked him around for so long, moving between the rotation and the bullpen, up and down, all those kinds of things. They never really maximized Kenta Maeda, I feel like. The Twins are doing that with great success. I think it's a possibility that uh, the Blue Jays could do that with Ross Stripling. They picked up Taiwan Walker, who pitches today. Uh, he was very good in his first start for the Blue Jays. And they also got Robbie Ray. And, you know, look, Robbie Ray comes with lots of warts. He gives up home runs. He walks a lot of guys. If somebody can unlock that potential and, you know, get him to throw more strikes, he could be a very, very dynamic starting pitcher. Or maybe he winds up being a short burst reliever. Something like that. We'll see how the Blue Jays opt to use him uh, over the long term. But, not a bad grab there uh, for the Blue Jays, getting another very capable arm. Dan Vogelbach, a guy that can fill in in sort of a platoon capacity. Jonathan VR, a very versatile player. I love what the Blue Jays did here at the trade deadline. And again, they didn't give up any of their big names either because they didn't get any of the huge splash guys like a Lance Lynn, like a Mike Clevenger, stuff like that. And all those guys have mostly graduated to the big league level. So really, really like what the Blue Jays did here. And I would even make the argument that 
you know, maybe they won the trade deadline uh, over a team like the Padres. The difference is, of course, the Blue Jays, you know, in the American League, there are seven teams with a playoff probability over 90%. In the National League, a lot of things up for grabs. So I think the optics of what the Padres did, a little bit more popular, but I think the Toronto Blue Jays did get significantly better here uh, with this trade deadline. I also kind of like the deadline for the Diamondbacks. I know people were very critical of them trading Starling Marte. They trade away Robbie Ray as well. But they get a couple of young pitchers from Miami and Caleb Smith and Humberto Mejia. And Smith is kind of a light version of Robbie Ray. So they already kind of have some experience with that type of profile. High strikeout, high walk, high home run rate. The big issue for Smith is health, and that will be very important for him. But Humberto Mejia is a pretty good prospect uh, from the Marlins system as well. And they weren't going anywhere with Starling Marte here this year. The Marlins trying to sort of contend and rebuild with how wide open that NL playoff race is. Not a bad idea from the Marlins standpoint, but also too, you know, if you're not going to spend any money as we go forward here, giving up controlled starting pitchers is a difficult thing to do. But I do like the Diamondbacks that they got a couple of arms. They've obviously had great success uh, getting Zach Gallon from the Marlins. So we'll see if those guys work out in a similar way. Now, uh, to continue to be on the box score segment here, I didn't do a show on Monday, as you know, but a quick update here that last week in the major leagues, August 24th to August 30th, 254 average, 334 on base, a 430 slugging percentage. So that was up a little bit uh, from the previous week. And I feel like now we've kind of settled in a little bit. I know I said that uh, on last week's Monday show, but I do feel like that's probably the case. The walk rate is still a little bit high here at 9.7%. The one cautionary thing I would say is that now that we've rolled over into September, we're actually in meteorologic, meteorological fall. Uh, you know, Obviously, fall doesn't begin here uh, for another 18 days or so. But we are in meteorological fall, which means that it will cool down. It will be less humid. You know, Maybe there's a little bit less carry to the baseball. That'll be something that we'll have to kind of follow along with. But for the most part here, I would say that offense has kind of stabilized uh, across the league. And this is probably what we can expect going forward. On base percentage, Woba all very close to last year. Slugging percentage down a little bit from last season. Numbers right now about on par uh, with what we've seen in 2017, at least you know over the last three weeks or so. So that's kind of the run environment that we're taking a look at here for the rest of the year. We're about... You know, we're more than halfway through the season for just about everybody now. Uh, some of the teams that had all the COVID postponements still playing catch-up a little bit. But it, it's very important right now to sort of follow along and see where these teams are philosophically, what their mindsets and mentalities are. Again, I talk about that with the trade deadline, and that makes it very obvious. But there are some other teams that you know maybe didn't do a whole lot at the trade deadline. The Rangers traded Mike Miner, wound up keeping Joey Gallo, wound up keeping... Uh, Lance Lynn, you know, they're a team that you know, they're not going to make a run probably at that eighth playoff spot, but they weren't a full-on seller. So you kind of wonder, you know, where they're at. But other teams that aren't very good that, you know, either weren't full-on sellers or moved some complimentary pieces, stuff like that, you know, what do they do now going forward? Do they call up some of those prospects? Because again, it's been a mostly lost development year without minor league baseball. And we've seen those guys now pitching for about six weeks at the alternate training sites. So the injury risk probably lessened a little bit as we move forward here. So I do think some teams 
will start bringing up some of their young arms. We've already seen that uh, with the Tigers. You know, we saw the Indians bring up Tristan McKenzie. We've kind of seen that a little bit around the league. But I think that for the teams that aren't in the hunt anymore, that may be something that they try to do here sooner rather than later. And that could infuse a little bit of energy into the ball club, but it could also signal the fact that, you know, hey, we're not going anywhere for this shortened season. And that could have kind of a negative impact as well. And, you know, again, you'll get the sellers, and, and obviously we're three days removed from the trade deadline now. But the Diamondbacks, you know, they make that Starling Marte deal. They give up Robbie Ray. It's a sign that they're not going to push for that playoff spot. And the team sort of responded. You know, shortstop Nick Ahmed was kind of, you know, upset about the letter that Mike Hazen wrote. They've lost four in a row, three, or, you know, three here since the trade deadline. That's probably going to be a thing as we go forward. Teams that are not going to the playoffs, they're not going to have oh, a high level of engagement here with everything that's gone on in 2020. So I do think that heavy chalk probably will be the way to go here as we go forward. I know, of course, that's a very difficult thing to bet on day in and day out, but I would anticipate that the teams with more to play for, more incentive uh, will be the ones that do wind up holding serve. So that will mean probably a chalky rest of the baseball season here. Something I've talked about a lot and something I've been talking about uh, with some of my friends and, and the professional betters I hang out with out here, uh, you know, we were talking about platoon advantages and you know, I just wanted to give you some numbers on, on really how far down things have actually fallen with that. When you look at left-handed batters against right-handed pitchers, dating back to 2010, lowest batting average by 17 points. But with that being said, the 10.3% walk rate with lefties against right-handed pitchers is actually the highest we've seen in that sample. So they're not getting on base as much with the bat, but they're getting on base more with the walk. Now, slugging percentage is the second lowest. 2014 was the lowest. And of course, strikeout percentage is the highest year after year after year. But again, what we're seeing here is that we're seeing a decrease in contact quality from left-handed batters with the platoon advantage. We're seeing a lot fewer fastballs from these pitchers. We're seeing a lot more breaking stuff, a lot more change-ups, a lot more curveballs and sliders. We're seeing a lot more off-speed pitches in general. And what happens is those platoon guys that generally hit for power against the opposite hand aren't doing it as much here for this season. And that is a big part of what a lot of small market teams do. They load up on those left-handed hitters that hit right-handed pitchers that may be a little bit defensively deficient or something like that. But this year, we're not seeing the offensive numbers from left-handed batters against right-handed pitchers. I don't think that this will change. I mean, I think this year is just uh, you know an outlier in terms of how bad it is. But I do think that this angle has gotten much weaker with pitch usage and selection and shifts, stuff like that. So that is an adjustment I've tried to make here in my handicapping, something I will use going forward. And I don't think it's anything that changes here uh, for the remainder of this 2020 season. One thing I will mention is that right-handed batters against left-handed pitchers also low in batting average, the ninth lowest batting average dating back to 2010, but they are fifth in on-base percentage and second in slugging percentage. So righties against lefties have done a lot better. There are some teams really carrying the load here, uh, teams like the White Sox, the Nationals, stuff like that. But righties are hitting for more power off of lefties, and a big reason why is because nothing has changed. A lot of lefties were already lower fastball guys, threw a lot of junk up there, the kitchen sink arsenal types that I talk about 
uh, shifting not as prevalent, you know, with uh, right-handed batters at the plate. Uh, the you know the the low average is is due in large part to the strikeout rate. But again, you know, lefties against righties not as good of an angle. Righties against lefties about the same as it has been. So that is an adjustment you want to make here uh, with your handicapping throughout the rest of the 2020 season. Real quickly here for the down the line segment, you know, I was talking with a buddy of mine, professional better out here, and you know, we were discussing, uh, you know, why we haven't seen a lot of line movement in the marketplace over the last few weeks. And you know, he said outright, look, the lines have been good. The lines have been very sharp. Uh, you know, you've got kind of the morning odds makers sort of putting together a lot of these numbers because there are a lot of blanks on the betting board with the overnights. So you've kind of got the A team instead of the B team at some of these places here putting up the opening lines for the baseball board. You know, Maybe there's some more sabermetric influence in the market with a younger crop uh, of traders and odds makers out there. But ultimately, I think it's just that I don't think the baseball handle is all that high right now. You know, I think a lot of people have, a lot of influential people have shifted to the golf markets, have been working on their NFL stuff, the NBA playoffs, uh, college football, of course, now that that looks like it's getting going. There are only so many hours in the day, and I think a lot of people uh, with this quirky season have felt comfortable enough to just kind of take baseball out of the equation. I think that's a big part of it here as well. But again, like I said, uh, you know, from the boots on the ground out here uh, in Las Vegas, they're saying that a lot of these baseball lines just wind up looking pretty good uh, on a daily basis. A few things to talk about here for the weekend, 20 games, or at least 20 parts of games on Friday. We've got some suspended games that are getting finished. We've got some double headers. 20 games uh, listed on the schedule for Friday. Again, not obvi- obviously not all of them will be lined with the suspended games being completed, but still, it's going to be a very busy day on the diamond, to say the least. A couple of series I want to touch on here, uh, three of them actually. It's a big weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, they just made all those trades. They kind of went for it. They kind of traded from some of their stash in the system, which it's not a great minor league system overall, but they're making that push. You know, as I said, seven teams with a playoff probability over 90% in the American League. The team that's next closest is the Blue Jays. So they're going to make this push, and they face a Red Sox team here this weekend on the road at Fenway Park that, you know, like I said, they just they don't seem engaged. And, and these are must-win games for the Blue Jays, I think. You have to beat these teams that are kind of beaten down a little bit at this point in time. And if they do that, let's say they take three out of four, something like that, their playoff probability probably increases, you know, 15% or something like that. So these are big games here for the Blue Jays this weekend. As I said, I do have a play on the Blue Jays for tonight. Uh, It's Taiwan Walker against Martin Perez. But I think these are really important games for Toronto, who has been playing very, very well they need to make that push. And they've already been making that push, but they need to double down on that push here with an overmatched, inferior Boston Red Sox team. The Padres and the A's play a really interesting series this weekend. As the Padres get two lefties, they get Jesus Lazardo and Sean Manaya. Then on Sunday, they get Mike Fires, And we all know about Mike Fires and all the regression signs in that profile. So this series matches up pretty well for the Padres here against an Oakland team that, you know, as we know, hasn't played throughout the week because somebody in the traveling party wound up with a positive COVID test. So they'll be shaking off a little bit of rust against a Padres team that, you know, has been playing very well here, also made that big trade deadline push. 
Interesting series. Not sure there will be a whole lot of betting value on it necessarily, but I do think that's a very interesting series, to say the least. Finally, a big series for the Phillies this weekend. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, the NL playoff picture is very cloudy. You know, you've got the Braves who are in, the Dodgers who are in. Uh, looks like the Cubs probably going to be the team that wins the NL Central. But other than that, a lot of interchangeable teams here. A lot of pieces and parts in play. Uh, you know, I, I think that the Phillies need to make a, a move here this weekend. They improved the bullpen. They improved the worst part of their ball club. The Mets have kind of been all over the place here so far this year. This is a big series for the Phillies. I think they have to win this series. They have to put themselves in a prime position going forward to be one of those teams that grabs a playoff spot. I think they're around 58 59% playoff probability, something like that. Winning games like this is important against a Mets team that has had some ups and downs of late. So I think this is a really important series for the Phillies. Important to figure out what roles the guys they just picked up kind of fall into in the bullpen. Those are important things that you want to look for here as well if you're doing some full game handicapping, figuring out you know kind of where those bullpens stand and where some of those relievers are going to slot in that were picked up during the trade deadline. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, the big announcements, the podcast, moving to ATS.io, most of my feature content moving to ATS.io as well. Download the ATS app. You can get it over at the website or you can find it in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. We'll add a video component going forward. Uh, probably try to have that together for next week with the start of the NFL season. But uh, again, you know, look, Bang the Book will still be there. It will still have content. It will still have some free picks, predictions, all of our sportsbook reviews, all of our kind of cornerstone static content. Uh, we'll be talking about some of the different sportsbook promo options out there in the marketplace. But you'll get ATS.io, a U.S.-facing site, kind of the future here of this industry in the United States. So we want to make sure that we're trying to capitalize on that traffic, sort of try to convert that a little bit better. So again, we are moving a lot of stuff from bangthebook.com to ATS.io. But like I said, you don't have to change anything with your subscriptions to the podcast. The URL remains the same. Uh, the RSS feed remains the same. The name will be the only thing that changes. And I don't know if we'll go with... Uh, ATS.radio, or, you know, I don't know what I'll go with for the name of the uh, of the new show, but what I can tell you is that Monday will be another edition of the Betters Box, uh, unless something changes between now and then. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the Betters Box.